Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In the early 1970s, teenagers with disabilities faced a future shaped by isolation, discrimination, and institutionalization. Camp Jened, a ramshackle camp for the handicapped in the Catskills, exploded those confines. Jeanette was a freewheeling utopia, a place with summertime sports, smoking, and makeout sessions awaiting everyone, and campers felt fulfilled as human beings. Their bonds endured as they migrated west to Berkeley, California, a promised land for a growing and diverse disability community where friends from Camp Jeanette realized that disruption and unity might secure a life-changing accessibility for millions. Co-directed by Emmy-winning filmmaker Nicole Noonan and film mixer and former camper Jim Lebrecht, this joyous and exuberant documentary arrives the same year as the 30th anniversary of the Americans for Disabilities Act at a time when the country's largest minority group still battles daily for the freedom to exist. The film is called Crypt Camp, and we're joined today by the co-directors of the film, Nicole Noonan and Jim Lebrecht. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. Thank you. Let me uh, start with you, Nicole. Um, Tell me a little bit about how all of this came together, working with Jim Lebrecht. How did this evolve into what we know as Crip Camp? Well, I've had the good fortune uh, to work with Jim for 15 years. He's been the sound mixer and designer on my three previous documentary films, uh, feature films. And we've always had a really good time collaborating on that end of the process. And over time, Jim started talking to me more about the disability community and disability rights, and eventually he pitched me a few ideas that he thought I might be interested in directing, um, and he might co-produce with me. And he told me about Camp Jeanette. He said, "I think, I think there might be a story about the summer camp I went to." And I, I, I think I must have had a fairly stereotypical story in my mind, but I was sort of intrigued. And then he started telling me about this amazing hippie utopia um, in upstate New York at the time of Woodstock and how he had this theory that there was something about the liberatory experience of the camp that might have sparked the disability rights movement. And it kind of pushed all these buttons in me at once. You know, I realized that the film, the concept of the story sort of exploded a lot of stereotypes that I held about people with disabilities. It sounded like a huge amount of fun. And it also was this untold story out of history. So so we started trying to figure out how we could collaborate to direct it together. Jim, was there a, a moment in, in your work with Nicole? How many, I don't know how many years you worked with her or how long you worked with her before you came forward and said, oh, by the way, this might be of interest to you. Was it percolating for a while? Or it, how did that sort of come from, and from your perspective, this was the time and place to, to move forward and, and uh, pitch this as an idea for a, for a film? Well, I, I had been mixing sound design and mixing documentaries for close to 25 years and as um, I was working along I, I really wasn't seeing the film that uh, I would like to see about disability and my experience and experience I felt like a lot of other people had held and had a seed of an idea that 
there is a really good story in this exodus of people from the New York area out to Berkeley, and that it could have something to do with the disabled civil rights movement and certainly was connected to the camp. Um, but it, it really took some time to really kind of start talking to people about films and just, you know, being fortunate to get together with Nicole at the right time to say, you know, I, I've always wanted to see this documentary, a documentary made about my summer camp. Yeah. So it, it wasn't like this uh, really big, uh, I will do this in, you know, in, in 2015, and it will be so in 2020. It was like, now's the time. People are getting older. It's maybe time to do something. Yeah. the the A lot of the the action in the film is is from video that was produced or recorded by let me make sure i get this right the people's video production is do, do i have that right the, but it was done in the camp uh of of uh the campers just going about their activities interacting with the with the counselors and and all those things when, where did that? Did you know, Jim, that 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 existed? Was it something you found out later? How did that become part of this? Uh, it's the uh, People's Video Theater. Theater. The name of the group. Thank you. Yeah, People's Video Theater, and that has to do with how they were taking these brand new technology of portable video decks, and they would actually set up. Uh, let's say down in Greenwich Village, they would set up some cameras and some monitors that kind of setting up like a theater in that you could kind of see yourself immediately uh, on the on on the screen there. This is something that was completely new to everybody back in the, you know back in the very early 1970s. Um, I had just had a vague memory uh, that that these these people would come to Camp Jamed with this portable video equipment and that they had one day they had given they had strapped the the uh, the video that to handlebars my wheelchair, and it handed me the camera, and then somebody else pushed me around, and I just did this tour of the camp, and and so I mentioned this to Nicole, and uh, Nicole, you, you tell this story, yeah, really, really great, yeah. So Nicole, your eyes must have <laughs> well, lit up yeah, when he, when he mentioned this. Or... <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine, right? Yeah. Because we've been thinking, how are we gonna how are we gonna recreate the camp for people? You know, how are, how obviously, like if we could immerse people in in the feeling of being in a place like Jeanette themselves, that was the way to really make a powerful film. And so uh, I was just like a dog on a bone, you know. <laughs> um, and I couldn't figure out. I mean, Jim didn't really remember the name, so I I I, I kept trying and trying and not getting it anywhere. And Finally, I saw that somebody had digitized some old um, magazines this archive had put online, um, some magazines about radical video work from the 70s, and I started kind of just paging through the magazines. And in the back of one of them was this little ad that said, you know, Crab's Outbreak at Camp Jeanette for the Handicapped by the People's <laughs> Video Theater. And uh, I was like, Jim, it's the People's Video Theater. You know, then we were able to look up who they were and find the names of people and, you know, looking online phone directories. And eventually I found that one of them was on the board of a bookstore in the Mission District in San Francisco. And that bookstore said, well, we're not going to give him, you know, your uh, information or we're, we're not going to like give you his information, but you could leave a little note for him. And um, and if he's interested in getting in touch with you, maybe, you know, maybe he will. We'll hand it to him in a few weeks at our next board meeting. 
Okay. So I did that, and I was sitting with Jim one day when, you know, an email came in that they were just right across the bay. They had five and a half hours of footage, and they were interested in collaborating with us and, and letting us use it. So um, it was amazing. Oh, that's incredible. That's an incredible story. And, and he and they were behaving like true radicals from the, the late 60s, early 70s, you know, by by that process of you leave your name here. And if he wants to, he will. That sounds very, very underground. You know, I mean, it does definitely. <laughs> <have> that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, it is such a great part of the film. And I will tell you, there are so many different things in the film that just pulls your heart right out. And and that is, um, the one for me was, there was a, a they're on the uh, sort of porch of one of the, um, I assume, uh, bunk, bunk uh, housing, and they're sitting around a table talking. And uh, I think, Jim, you might have been holding the microphone, passing it around. I'm not sure exactly. But there was sort of this round table of discussion about, what their lives, what the different people that are sitting around their lives are like, and there was a couple. I thought Nancy's, and then and then Steve talking about what Nancy was talking about. There's some certain there's certain things in the film that are just amazing. Um, you you know what I'm referring to, obviously that 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 part of the film and how sure. what a powerful part of the film that was for me and for people who are coming into this and, and aren't sure of what this is going to be a, be like and what is it like to explore the lives of the people who are who are in the film, for me, that is just such a powerful, powerful moment in the film. Any comment on that? Well, you know, one of the things that the People's Video Theater said to us when, when actually uh, you see in the film that Judy introduces them to us in the dining hall is that yes. he said, you know, let's do something together. Tell us what you, how you want to use this. Let, let's make a, let's make a film about your camp. And so, um, and one of the things that somebody said was, we'd like to make a, a, a tape that's um, a message to our parents. And so we arranged to get together um, you know, at the arts and crafts space around a big table. I simply uh, kind of just kind of started things off, uh, uh, just kind of getting the, the ball rolling. But it was, uh, it was an incredible conversation. And, and you know, when Nicole and I saw this footage of it and saw Nancy Rosenblum uh, answering, you know, speaking up and talking, what's really stunning is that in this day and age of our, you know, our iPhones and everything else, and that everybody just, listened and yeah. paid attention yeah. and were um you know this is Nancy. she's part of our community she you know give, giving her the time and the respect and the attention that everybody else was getting right and, uh, and we didn't under, we didn't understand what she was saying at first and then bam there's steve i know and steve says what i think she's saying is and then you realize well yeah Oh, believe me, uh, and and I think from watching Nancy and 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 how she, it was. I felt like, and for from some of the other people sitting around that table, I felt like they were saying things that they've never said out loud, and particularly for her, I just felt that I I, I mean completely. How would I know? But but it just felt like these were things that uh, that that they've been just really 
wanting to say and and your your comment Jim about you know the you're about your mom and how where you are and how that that dynamic that uh, it, you know plays out in your life and how it is so powerful I just I mean for for anyone who wants to know what the film is about if you see that happen to have excuse me if you happen to see that scene it will tell you what a powerful film this is so uh, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with the co-directors of this terrific new documentary called Crip Camp, and that would be Nicole Noonan and uh, Jim Lebrecht. And they are the co-directors as well as uh, I believe you're co-producer as well on the film. So it's uh, and it's going to be premiering on uh, Netflix. Let's talk a little bit in the time we have remaining, Nicole, about we've we've been talking about Camp Jeanette. But there is so much more in the film, and it and it is the uh, this camp and the relationships that are established in this camp are the genesis of what we know as the the Americans with Disabilities Act or the movement towards that. Uh, talk a little bit about how again this for a filmmaker to find this kind of a story, this sort of local connection, and then how, as it blossoms out into this enormously important um, story in terms of um, American society and beyond. Tell me a little bit about yeah. how all that kind of unfolded. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Jim did have this theory that there was something to the connection of, you know, the camp and then so many of his Camp Chinook friends who moved out to California and became part of the independent living movement that was kind of blossoming um, in the 70s that was sort of initiated by this group of graduate students at the University of California, Berkeley, called the Rolling Quads. And they had started the Center for Independent Living, which really was, um, you know, this powerful kind of experiment um, of an organization where people with disabilities were solving problems for other people with disabilities and for each other, and also creating this really pretty wild and, and uh, wonderful community. That was interesting to think about, but then when I started reading about the the 504 sit-in, which, you know, I had heard about, but really didn't know the inside story of it all, I, you know, you, you realize once you come in contact with that story that it's one of the great civil rights stories out of American history, yes. you know? Yes. I mean, here's, here's a group of several hundred people with disabilities, some of them with extreme disabilities taking over a federal building in San Francisco for 26 days to fight for the implementation of the first disability rights legislation and sending a delegation to Washington, D.C. I mean, it's really powerful activism, and they were victorious, and all of us can thank them for it. To think that maybe the seeds of liberation at this camp could be traced through to that, and then that as the foundation for the ADA was incredibly exciting. And Jim and Jim kept saying, but, you know, is that true? I don't know. Is it true? It seems to me like it's true, but is it, you know? <laughs> so we both <laughs> in the country and meeting with all of these people, both his camp friends who were in the film, but also other academics and other leaders and people who are studying the movement. And we found that, yeah, indeed, it is really true. Like, not just Jeanette, but at Jeanette and other kind of places like it where people with disabilities came together in community and recognized common oppression and started tapping into some of the other movements that were going on out there, that those are the, those are the places where, where the movement originated. And so we know this story is just one 
you know, one way into it, uh, the Camp Jeanette way into the story. There's many other perspectives on it, and, and the movement didn't stop in 1990. We decided that the sort of, you know, apex of the story would be that 504 victory. And, um, and it was, you know, then the challenge was to kind of find all the footage and figure out how to pull together an experience that would take you through that history and in as immersive a way as the uh, people's video theater footage kind of lands you in the middle of the world of the camp. I'm sure I'm out of time or close to it, but Jim uh, Lebrecht, would you talk a little bit about your friend and one of the centerpieces of this, of this Judy uh, human um, and how the impact she's had on your life, but also in terms of all the things that we see in the film, what an amazing human being she is. Well, personally, meeting Judy Human really changed the trajectory of my life, and I really realized that what I was feeling in my life, that life was unfair. She opened my my eyes to political action, and that it was possible to push back and actually uh, change things for the, for the better. And um, she's, uh, you know, to this day has just been a tireless person, just working um, both nationally and internationally for the rights of, uh, of people with disabilities. And um, I, I, I'm so grateful for my friendship with her and the fact that we've reconnected in such a close way through the making of um, our film. Uh, it's, it's a remarkable story. There's just everything. There's so many aspects of this film. Please, people, if you're hearing the sound of our, our voices, please see, seek out this film. It'll be on Netflix. It'll also be in theaters here in Los Angeles starting on March 25th. The film is called Crip Camp, and we've been talking with the co-directors of the film. That would be Nicole Noonham as well as Jim Lebrecht. To both of you, thank you very much. Thank you for coming here on Film School to talk about this remarkable film. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, too. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.